Hey, welcome to another episode of the Big Red Dram. I'm your host, Jason Linger. As always, thank you for tuning in. It's uh, been a busy week and a half, so I apologize there was no episode last week. Um, I was prepping for a, I was commissioned for a tasting for my wife's cousin, Jennifer, and uh, um, I had a lot of thinking to do. <laughs> so that entire week was, all last week was pretty much preparing for that. I'm trying to get situated and trying to figure out what it is exactly I was going to say, do, and um, kind of dial in the the um, lineup as well. <clears throat> I knew it was going to be a Buffalo Trace theme. Um, I was going to do some sort of lineup, some sort of vertical from there. And it was, it was nice having access to the Bourbon Thieves because the guys really all kind of stepped up. I asked, I put it out there a couple weeks ago, actually, and they all kind of stepped up and, and a lot of them gave me their opinion on what I should do with the Buffalo Trace with what I had, what I was thinking about using. And um, in the process, I learned quite a bit, actually, about Buffalo Trace and, like, the Mashville 1 and the weeded um, whiskeys and, and, you know, kind of arranging them in proof and all that good stuff and... Anthony Riccardi, again, the um, the Bourbon Whiskey Library on Instagram was instrumental, of course, as always. He's been, you know, it's funny, Anthony, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him on Instagram. And one of these days, I'll do an Instagram live with him. I have to do Instagram live with a few people, actually. Um, I've been meaning to do one with the Scotstress as well as Anthony. I would like to do one with him and then p- potentially do a um, Charlie Robin and, and the Scotstress, Erica Ginger, um, as well that would be more of a podcast thing, but it'd be nice to do, to talk to them, um, in person or virtually, however you want to put it. Um, and just kind of pick their brains and kind of have a similar conversation like I did with Charlie, which I still am geeking out about. It was still a lot of fun. Um, and do, do, you know, some different things. And, um, but again, Anthony was really instrumental on helping me kind of dial it in a little bit and really get kind of where I wanted to be with the actual lineup. So we ended up doing, um, we opened with Weller Special Reserve, and I had an Eagle Rare store pick that I got from the East Coast, um, a uh, Weller Foolproof that I got from Narav at A1 Liquors, and then we closed with the Stag Junior Batch 14, and it re- really well. Uh, we had eight, nine, almost ten people partaking in it, and uh, we had you know all the Glencairn set up. I made a custom little tasting mat. Uh, it would, it went real well. And I went up there, told my story. I opened with the Freddie Johnson story about sharing bourbon, uh, with his dad and his brother. And, uh, <laughs> that story moves me still just, just talking about it. Um, cause it really was what opened, uh, my mind up to sharing more and not being a grouch or a Grinch and st- being stingy with my whiskey and, you know, really starting to, um, partake in things like just sharing it because it's it, there's always going to be more whiskey and there's always other places to find it's not always about buffalo trace it's not always about you know the 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 peppy van winkles and wellers of the world there's an eh taylors of the world there's other whiskey out there to find and get um like what we're going to talk about today like Luxro. um i was weary of the rebel and the ezra brooks distillers collections um wary just because i'm stupid and i don't know anything about them um people were really talking them up uh, towards the last couple months because i just came out um Benny's had had some and uh i missed out on the ezra books but they had a ton of rebel and i grabbed one and when i got it home and i opened it i smelled it i was like whoa that's really good and the ezra books um i missed like i said that Benny's i missed Benny's pick but um 
Anthony was at a liquor store out by him and uh, posted on the bourbon thieves. And I said, Hey, and he, I had two choices. I think it was bourbon candy and creme brulee. And I said, you know, what? let's go with the creme brulee. I'm in the mood for something creamy. And uh, it came on Monday and oh, <laughs> it was, it smelled amazing. Um, it took a swig out of the bottle, um, AKA heavy bourbon and uh, took a chug out of there. And uh, it was really it was really good <laughs> so i was gonna try him today uh with the because when we went to bardstown um in september to do the um, elijah craig pick we stopped by luxro and did the tour and if you're out that way um i will always tell you to go to bardstown bardstown is an amazing town it's an amazing place to go uh there's some great distilleries there as you know if you've listened to the bardstown episode a lot of you have um and i picked up from there and uh, with much to do by the way but a double barrel cask strength bardstown um it is uh two barrels double barrel age 12 years um at cask strength at 118.4 proof it's a signature addition too and um i really really liked it at the distillery and i got it home and it's probably one of the heaviest and most kick-ass bottles that i have um even the cork weighs you could, if I threw it hard enough, I could probably kill somebody with a cork. That's how heavy it is. Um, not that I always seem to go in that route of this bottle is great for smashing, um, or this cork is good for hurting someone. Uh, probably not the best way to put it, but it's heavy and it's a cool bottle. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the um, uh, orphan barrel bottles a little bit. Um, same overall motif, more or less. Um, but yeah, so Luxro is just, it, it's a new distillery, then, and rumor has it they just got bought out by MGP. Um, actually, not just. It was a couple months ago. Um, so there might be now a, I don't know if anything's official official yet, but I know it's um, part of that group now. And all those brands will hopefully still be around. But yeah, Luxro's got some good stuff hiding in the wings. And, you know, they're got four rick houses i think three are done and then the process of building their fourth at least it was when we were the goat we were there in september and uh, the one we visited i think there's two that are full and they're just cranking away and that's a lot of barrels hundred thousand barrels i think they're at or more i don't quote me on that it was a while ago when we were there um and far be it for me to do research before i do this episode i just kind of just said you know what it's tuesday evening and uh i'm i had to write a letter to my cousin jennifer and I'm like, well, hell with it. Let's do an episode. Um, because I hadn't done one yet from last week. And there might be a second one still. So, so yeah, so tonight we're gonna talk about the Luxro 12 year barrel, double barrel, and then we're gonna also do the um I really should do these separately, but I've got them up here and they're staring at me, so I'm going to do it anyway. The Rebel Distillers Collection, um, which is the weeded version, and then the Ezra Brooks, which is their straight bourbon. Um which is a regular bourbon, and it's uh, a sour mash, charcoal mellow, mellowed, and a weeded, defiantly smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I love this bottle because the label is crooked on the Ezra Brooks. The Rebel is pretty awesome. Um, both All these bottles are really heavy. Just like they, they really have the heft thing down. And the other cool thing, too, is I'm hoping that uh, I had been in discussions with Narav um, from Effingham, from A1 Liquors, about doing an Ezra, an, sorry, a Luxro pick. 
Um, he was going to be, I think he acquired samples for both the Ezra Brooks and the Rebel. And I'll tell you what, if if he and he's supposed to be coming up, uh, I want to throw him a nice little event when he does. I just have to confirm a date. But if he does bring both, um, I'm going to be hard pressed to not grab both because if there is anything close to what I've got in right now for the price, uh, for a cost of a Remus, I could have these two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, this one's going to be tough. So we might actually have, uh, we might go from four to three to five bar uh, barrel picks here real quick. Um, if these two are hits, I'm hoping they will be, um, but not to get the cart before the horse. So anyway, so the three bottles that we're going to be talking about tonight, um, we'll start with, We'll probably go in order of proof since that matters anyway, and it does. 107, 113, 118. So, and that works out. We're going to do a bourbon, weeded bourbon mix, our order, and um, I'm not going to mix. But that's kind of the order. So, we're going to do the Ezra Brooks Distillers Collection, the Rebel Distillers Collection, and then we'll finish with the Lux Row Distillers Edition 12-year um, double barrel. And, uh, again, all three of them, are fantastic. Now the Ezra Brooks Distillers Collection is a sour mash charcoal mellowed, mellowed whiskey, fifty-three point five percent alcohol, creme brulee, hand selected by creme brulee. Um, it's actually out of a liquor store in North Carolina, I think. I think that's where um, Anthony got it from. Um, Filled in May 5th, 2016, if I'm seeing that correctly. Barrel number 7385682. Oh, that was a good one. Right out of the neck. All right, sniffing it right out of the bottle. It is. It's just a cream puff. I really, really like the nose of it when I smelled it on Monday. And then, like I said, I took a chug out of it because I had to. It's just this. I did the same thing with the rubble. I popped it. I, snor I snorted it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I took a big chug out of it. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, that's really good. Because I didn't know. You know, I had no idea. I have a rebel yell, 100 proof. And um, I took in a sip out of that. I mean, for 15 bucks, it's it's fine, right? Um, but, uh yeah, that Rebel Stiller's Collection. I was glad I grabbed one. I just grabbed that on a whim. It was 37 I think. I think it was the most expensive of the two. Although I think this this, this Ezra at Benny's, it was $29.99, their Ezra pick. Um, where Anthony got his, they wanted 40 for theirs. Everything's going up anyway, so I'm not surprised. But, yes, on the nose, this is delectably creamy. Almost like a vanilla cream puff. Oh, and it's just delicious smelling. Legs for days on a dirty Glen Cairn. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. It's just candy. Sweet cotton candy. Very sugary. Vanilla. Light caramel. Heavy on the vanilla. A great Kentucky hug. These three would be impressive to to have if I was to do that tasting with that group with that Jennifer had again. 
um, their country club friends, Luxro would be the next one to do because uh, I have five. So that would be, I would be able to do it a and B. Um, it would make a nice, it would make a nice tasting. Um, I also have, you know, my six bottles of 1792. I could, I could throw up there and I have a ton of heaven Hill and a lot of Elijah Craig picks. So I got some avenues to go. Yeah, it's just second second nose is again. It is just a vanilla cream bomb. There's a little bit of ethanol in it now, and I was reading something the other day because I almost used the word neck pour again. But that seems to be something that um, some people are having a hard time with. And again, it's a buzzword. You take it for what it is, but. To make a long story short, there are you know whiskey enthusiasts out there that will argue there is no such thing. And again, it's it's all interpretive. Whiskey, the whiskey world is one one rife with interpretation. So it doesn't matter what I think. Really, at the end of the day, really what matters is what you think. And there is plenty of people in both camps that will say that the first. Uh, little bit of the um the very first pour out of a bottle um can be a little bit rough at times not always but at times um and people refer to that as a neck pour it's that first initial i don't know half ounce 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 and a half that comes out of the bottle that's you know you got a little bit of that liquid trapped in the neck what does that have an effect on the flavor i don't believe it does honestly uh, i just say neck pour because that's what it is it's a neck pour um bottles will improve over time if they sit on the shelf they just will whether it is um it is not a matter of pouring an ounce out and then putting it on a shelf and letting it sit for 30 days is that going to make a difference it's going to make a little bit more of a difference if you've had you know the first eighth of the bottle when you've tried it and you've given its due um and it also can it's it also it's tests to your palate and higher palate grows right so the perception could be that well i had a glass and a half of this Ezra Brooks distiller's collection. And it was a little harsh. And then I sat it on a shelf and cause I've got 200 bottles and I'll go back to it in a month or so. And then what I came back to it a month later and oh my gosh, it's really awesome. Uh, the perception there being that, well, it sat for a month on the shelf. It aged a little bit or it oxidized a little bit or however you want to put that. And it's improved. Well, eh, uh, explain that away. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that away. I will tell you that it's probably a palate maturation. It's probably a little bit of oxidation. It's probably more of the palate uh, maturation. But again, any tasting whiskey one day, the next can be different if you're not doing it consistently. So if I go to drink this today and I go to drink this Ezra Brooks two weeks from now, it might taste different. What did I eat that morning? What did I have right before it? Blah, 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 blah. There's all kinds of things that can affect your palate. So that being said, there's probably arguments for pros and cons to that. There's probably arguments for and against that theory of the neck pour that could spark all kinds of fun debate. Therein, too, is that's the fun of whiskey, right? It's debate. It's all about debate. And there's no right or wrong answer that I can come up with. Um, I will tell you from my experience that, yes, as I've let something sit open, case in point, my E.H. Taylor small batch. If you listen to the episode when I bought it back in March of last year, I didn't really like it at first. It kind of hung in the balance. And then the more I went back to it, 
the more I began to like it, but it didn't really, really shine until that bottle was about half empty. Um, and then it really kind of came out. Now, was it because it sat for so long? Uh, or was it because I have had a multitude of other bourbons now at this point and my palate has matured and um, I'm starting to taste, things are starting to taste more full-bodied to me and more, uh, I'm starting to get more of those sweeter bourbon notes. So I, I, to each your own. <laughs> I'm not going to commit one way or another because I can't prove it. I don't, I don't have any science to bat, to back that up. All I have is opinion and, um, you know, my experience. So for whatever that's worth, um, that said, the H Taylor small batch was a hit, um, Friday night. Cause I did bring out what was a little bit left of it. Um, and, uh, it did well. A lot of people really liked it. Um, I will also say this, that the Weller Full Proof that I tried, because it's the same bottle. I had a Weller Full Proof A1 pick, um, and my cousin Courtney and Phil had, and they had theirs open, and I took a swig out of theirs, and I was like, ah, it was a little hot and a little weird. But after it being the third one in the palate, because before we started the tasting, I had, um, I had a Binnie's, buffalo trace pick and i had just picked up a common good buffalo's trace pick and i had a regular buffalo trace that i got from 302 wheat and it was a liter um and then i had some ancient age <laughs> if you can believe it and i drank them i believe in that order um just a little bit like literally almost a, just a little bit over a, a legit dram amount i think i think is 164th of an ounce so it was probably a little bit more than that um just enough to kind of start warming up the palate before we got to it. And, um, it really kind of, once I started, once we did the Weller special reserves, they actually tasted really good that night as did the Eagle rare. And then that, that a one foolproof was actually pretty cherry and pretty dark fruit. And was very, um, interesting. Um, and then the, uh, stag junior was very delightful at the end. Um, very intense, well, almost a Kalila 15, um, sorry, Kalila. Yeah. 15 unpeated. Is it 15? What do I have? 17, 17 unpeated, um, where it just sits in the mouth and just, it gets intent more and more and more intense and doesn't stop. It just keeps getting hotter and hotter until you finally swallow it because you can't take it anymore. Um, that's how the, the stag ended up that night. But anyway, I digress. Um, I don't even know what the, where I was going with all that creme brulee. Oh, the neck pour thing. But anyway, the point is, is that you, you just got to warm up I and mean, your palate will warm up and then things start to really get delightful. And that's kind of where I was going with the whole, it's just part of your journey. Oh man, that derailed in a hurry. Sorry about that. Oh, but this is just, just, uh, it's an 80, you don't want to get too crazy, but it is an 88. <laughs> I'm really like, I don't know why I scored that high, but I do. And I'm 19 minutes in. I still got two more to go. Um, Oh, now the palate, because on the nose, it's just a vanilla cream puff. It's creamy whipped cream, vanilla, just, just depth and richness. Um, and on the, on the palate, it's just sweetness. It's sweet brown sugar and it's just like a vanilla. It's like a vanilla shake. Um with a little bit of spice and then that finish is just, it lingers and it's warm and it's just 
delectable. It really, really is. Um, the creme brulee is is top notch. Um, I'm sorry that it's not out here, and I'm hoping that um, our samples that we if we're doing if we end up doing one, which I hope we do, if if if. Um, It is as good as this because this is really, really tasty. Oh my god! Mmm. Oh my god, that is really good. Woo. Yeah. Yama. Sorry, I think we had some water. There's a little bit of a. Gosh, almost a strawberry tart. That's lingering on my palate after I finished drinking it. And it's still warm on the inside. It's still hanging out. Oh, but that's really good. That is really, really good. I'm really, really pleased with that. All right, Rebel. The Rebel was, if I remember, was a little bit of a... <laughs> my muffin and puffin from just walking up the stairs. Um, brown sugar... And kind of almost a cherry fruit. Yeah. Woo! Zing. It was funny going through when I was doing the, um, as I'm sitting here sniffing, I'll try to tell a tale here while doing two things at once. Um, I was kind of running through the process a little bit because the the majority of the audience that I had on Friday was were, were predominantly wine drinkers. There was one or two people that had partaken in whiskey. Uh, Norb was was one of them, and uh, he was great because he's a real big Scotch guy too. So he actually exposed me to Compass Box, which I had never had before. And he had a Myths and Legends three that after a tasting, he came over and talked to me for a little bit. He's like, you know what? I want you to try this. I'm going to have my son bring it over. And lo and behold, his son came over, he brought Ardbeg Korovec, and he also had the Compass Box. And I've had the Korovec, but I've never had the Compass Box. So I'm like, I will love love to try the Compass Box. Highland Park 24, I think, was in it. Kalila 15. And two Glen Elgins, I think a 15 and an 18 or something were in there. They were all pretty old. Um, and it was just dessert. Uh, it had a nice touch of the Kalila Peat. You had a little bit of the Highland Park in there, and it was just I was getting just all this white fruit, like pears and white grapes and uh, like honeydew melon and stuff. It was just it was just delightful, absolutely delightful. And uh, I need to get my hands on a bottle while they're still around, um, which is a blender. I think they're um, gosh, I think my friend Sean was telling me they're local or not local, but in the states. All right, so anyway, Rebel. So, uh, sorry, the whole point was I was kind of running them through the whole process of nosing a little bit. Because, I mean, they're wine drinkers. You do nose wine. I think I I punctuated that with a question at the end of that. You do nose wine. If I seem to recall, you do. Um, but not as um, infinite of a glass like this. So I was kind of teaching them how to do that. You know, out from the nose, about a finger length, finger width from your nose to start working left to right, then down the middle, then as you gradually get your nose closer to it. And some people were in it. So anyway, 
I'm stretching this one out, aren't I? Brown sugar. Um, potent, sugary brown sugar. Which sugary, what does that mean? It's just got a, this um, pungent sweetness to it. Like you bought it, bit into a um, pure, pure cane sugar. When you bite into like a um, chocolate mousse that has been made with chocolate and pure cane sugar and it's you kind of get that crunch with the sugar and it kind of just it just explodes in your mouth well imagine that but in a olfactory sense and it kind of just bursts with a sugary sweetness in your nose if you will <laughs> i'm so full of shit sometimes at least i feel like i am but i swear that's when it's happening and as Charlie Robbins said, if that's what you think, then do it. Say it. Ah, oh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's more delicate than the Ezra Brooks, but it's sweeter. It doesn't have the vanilla sweetness, but it's got more of the brown sugar sweetness. It's more of a sugary sweetness that you're getting out of it. A, a, a um, caramelized sugar. Um, and it's quite strong. And it's just, it's lovely to smell. Um, I didn't even read you off the bottle. It's 56.5% barrel 7112075. This one was filled June 17th, 2015 at 113 proof. This is Benny's Beverage Be Depot. <laughs> Benny's Beverage Depots. Benny Beverage Depot. Oh my God. Benny's Beverage Depots pick. Try saying that. Oh, oh. What was that? Honey, a big burst of honey. Just rifled through my sinus. Honey, sugar, with a hint of vanilla. Oh. Mmm. And on the palate, it's a delightfully smooth and rich caramel and dark chocolate blend more caramel but you got a little bit of that dark chocolate bitterness at the back end of it no spice very little spice a, a, a warm but gentle kentucky hug not a very long finish um but it is very very delightful um also an 87 for me um just a notch below the brooks believe it or not i really like the nose and the mouth of the brooks um but this is right there. It's right there. Um, very delicate, very full bodied. It's just a nice, it's a nice um, oily mouthfeel too to it. It's a little thicker than the Ezra was, but pretty close. Um, I give the edge to the Rebel though. Um, it's a nice coat on the tongue and it just, it hangs out. And now the warmth is actually, it started out almost absent, but it's kind of coming back. Um, so it's warming up on the back end um, more so than in the front end being steady all the way down. It was kind of cooler on the way down, but now it's starting to warm back up, which is weird. Oh, but that has, I spent more time with the Ezra Brooks, but I got to move on because we're getting to almost a half an hour, but this is, um, this is really good. It really, really is. And it's just so mellow. It's got some, 
it's got a little bit more oakiness to it. There's a little bit more of a woodiness to the Breble than there was in the Ezra. Um, there's a little bit of that wood tannin uh, bitterness in a light sense. It's not off-putting, but it's there. And it came more so on the third sip than it did on the first sip. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could get this microphone closer to uh it's just it's just this thing has to weigh a pound or two. I'd say about a pound and a half or two. It weighs more than my iPhone eight plus. I'll tell you that. Um, the cork. That's the cork. It's a golden crown cork. And it's metal. It's beautiful. Um, it says Bardstown, Kentucky. Made true Luxrow Distillery, family owned and operated. This is the Luxrow Distillery's limited edition double barrel age, twelve years, one hundred eighteen point four. 59.2% for those of you counting. Ooh. Color's been consistent. This one's going to be a little... This one's got a little more of a dark brown. Man, my glass is just coated in fingerprints now. It's hard to tell. They're all pretty much the same. The Bardstown was a little... Sorry, the Rebel was a little redder, if you will. Ah, oh, this one is, gosh, you could almost make the argument that it's a nice homogenous blend of the two I just had. It really has some nice vanilla, some spicy rice spice. You can get the around, you know, it seems to always be the same, but you get to, but it's just varying degrees of it and various uh, levels of intensity. Oh, but you can, you can, it's a, it's a, reminds me of the banana pudding at um, Redstone. So it's, it's, there's bananas, there is a brown sugar crumble on the top of it, drizzled in caramel with a cream, with a, almost a whipped cream, with a melted whipped cream on it. If you can envision that and you can smell that, the banana, vanilla, the caramelized brown sugar, you can smell all of that. That's exactly what I'm smelling out of this Lux Road Distillers Edition right now. I'm getting a little bit of that, but you're getting all of that with some, a little bit of rice spice at the end. And a, I just got a, a shot of white grape. <laughs> oh, yeah. This just smells so good. Mm. On the palate, it's a... um. Almost a spicy pear, <laughs> which is weird to say. It's got a little bit of the rice spice, but I've got like some white fruit, some pear, a little bit of melon, 
gosh, it reminds me a little bit of that compass box. Um, then there's that banana pudding, that bananas foster, almost forced foster, foster, banana pudding. Um, that I know. Got a little bit of that in her now. A little green apple. And then it's just this nice warm Kentucky hug at the end with a little bit of oak, woody, woody oak at the end of it. Um, very light and easy and just, it's delicious. Um, it, again, it helps to go up and proof cause you kind of get prepared for that higher proof at the end. But, uh, this is an 88 for me. It's oh, 89. It edges out the Ezra by just uh, by a wee bit. It's nearly perfect. Nah, it's not a hundred, but it's close to 90. Hmm. Second sip has a little bit of that bitterness that the Rebel had, that that uh, woody bitterness, almost a medicinal quality there on that second sip, which is a bit detracting. We'll bring that back down to 88. Um, dare I say 87. The Ezra Brooks might edge it out because the Ezra, Ezra Brooks stayed consistent, as did the Rebel. Almost. I like consistency. I don't like a different. I don't like a different ball game after each sip, which it's par for the course. You'll get that. Oh. Finished a little weird. Um, yeah, eighty-seven. <laughs> it went from an eighty-nine, nearly perfect, to an eighty-seven in three sips. That's weird. It just it got the first sip was great. It was just a nice explosion of these again these white fruit like these pears white grape blended nicely and very complementary to that vanilla caramel banana and um, brown sugar and it kind of all homogenized there a little bit in that first sip and then the second sip got medicinal. Um, but what's happening right now as I'm talking is what's left in the mouth is kind of. Um, giving way to some sweeter notes at the end of it. It doesn't get kind of poison pilly or, you know, very medicinal at the end as it's kind of lingers in the mouth. Um, the finish is short, medium, um, slightly warm. But yeah, that second and third sip were a little off-putting. Um, but, I mean, again, it's not in the sense that I don't like it. It's more of, it's just off-putting because it doesn't stay consistent. I don't I don't necessarily like the whiskeys that, and it just could be me, but it's just I don't necessarily like the whiskeys that the first sip is just this flavor bomb, and then it just starts to get more bitter on the second and third sip. Um, some will do the opposite. Some will do, it'll be kind of bitter and oily and weird at front, and then it'll mellow out the second and third sip, and then you get more of a robust flavors out of it. Um, this one kind of does the, again, it does that, the flavor bomb up front, and then it kind of gets a little bitter at the end. Um, by the th end of the third sip, but it kind of redeems itself as it lingers in the mouth and mellows out. So it it's still good. It's but you know eighty seven again is not a bad score. I say eighty seven like I just flunked it out of school. It's not the case. Um, it just didn't. It was nearing elite status and then it kind of got dialed back a little bit. Um, I mean, but again, I mean it's a hundred and twenty dollar bottle, so it should be phenomenal. Um, but I will tell you that it's an easy drinker. It's very smooth. 
uh, and it's delicious. It still is. Um, it's just a little, dis a little disappointing. You know what? Let's try some more. <laughs> oh, just took a chunk out of my desk. I'm not satisfied with that first sip or that first pour. Let's have a little more. Let's have a fourth and a fifth sip, shall we? Great nose, though. Oh, it's just, just sweet. One last sip. <laughs> I got excited. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it did not go how I planned. I really wanted it to linger, but for some reason I had to breathe. <sighs> Four sip was actually pretty good. Entertaining, to say the least. Um not nearly as medicinal. <laughs> um, it was really, I was kind of enjoying what was going on when I initially hit my tongue. And then for whatever reason, it rolled back and hit the back of my throat. And then I went, <gasps> and that was the end of it, as you heard. Um, but oh, warms the face. And that's for sure. It's definitely got a little uh, chemical reaction going on. It, it, the high, higher proof kicks in. Um, it coats the mouth well. It leaves a lingering effect. Um, it's it's kind of fun. So it's got a little fun factor to it. Like, hey, I'm going to leave it at 87 because it's not... It has its benefits for what it does enough so that it is in that elite status, right? For my scoring system, which I really don't even... I go into it off and on and ad nauseum, and I'll try to wrap this up quickly here, but anything in the 80s is going to be is going to be very, very good. Anything in the low 80 to 85 range is going to be worth buying, without a doubt. It's going to be worth buying. It's going to be the low, like, 80, 81, 82 is going to be a nice sipper. can also be a mixer. You know, 83, 85... Again, that's going to share that number. So 80, 83, 83, 85, you're starting to get into something that might is a good to, you know, decent, is, is a decent to good sipper and then doesn't necessarily something you want to mix. And then you're going to get to 85 to 87. That range is a great sipper. It's, you're going to enjoy it. It's got a nice flavor base. It's, it's, it's potent. It's good. And then at 87 to 90 range, you get to be a really great sipper. It's smooth. It's great. It's easy to drink. Kind of, and then anything over ninety starts to get into that elite. It blows my mind, kind of stuff. And and there's plenty of those on the list that are that do that. Most notably, that comes to mind is like the Kalita Seventeen Impeded, the Ardbeg Supernova, uh, for just two shooting from the hip. Where they're just other Kelpie, Ardbeg Kelpie, were just otherworldly. Hell, I'd put that compass box up in the '90s. It was just, it was just so enjoyable, so amazing to drink. Where you're just, you feel guilty drinking it, but you want to drink more, and you know that if you drink too much, you'll be out 150 bucks. And that makes you sad because <laughs> it could go fast if you wanted it to. Uh that's that's why I buy as many as I do because uh, and I know I will okay, put that aside and I'll move on to something else. So there you go. Anyway, Luxro, we didn't even touch like the old Ezra. I did an old Ezra. Old Ezra would fit well in here. Um, the Rebel Yell would be at the bottom. 
but it would be a nice entry level into the rest of these. Um, I would probably put the old Ezra because it's, what is it? 107? No, it's 57 something. It's 114. So yeah, it would be between, it would probably be right between the Rebel and the Luxro anyway, which is where I would have put it at, or I would have put it. Um, but yeah, so you've probably stopped by now, but if you ha- you're still here, thank you for listening. I appreciate it as always. Um, oh, so real quick. If you did make it this far, a couple quick announcements. Um, we got a Bardstown tasting next Tuesday. Um, we're going to be in on a virtual zoom with that. If you're not on the Facebook group, uh, the wheat and whiskey club, please do join. Um, please find us there. Uh, be a part of the member, especially if you're in the area listening to this. If you're overseas or out, I'm sorry, um, but we will be doing some more virtual tastings. Um, dang, I really wish we had some way to incorporate our friends that are overseas. I'm going to work on that. Um, then we actually have a live um, tasting with Wilderness Trail Bourbon coming up in May. May 20th will be at 302 Wheaton. That will be um, the their chief chemi- chemist that they call him their master chemist, which or is probably another way of saying master distiller will be um, visiting us via zoom. And then we'll have people there at three or two Wheaton doing a tasting of the range from wilderness trail. I'm hoping we'll be able to buy two while we're there. Um, and then we're planning on a, I'm trying to put together a Scottish themed event um, where we'll actually have a bagpiper, hopefully, and we'll do. I'd like to do both Glen Alchie and Portiskeg at the same time there, featuring both brand, uh, both yeah, both brands. Um, because we would have a peated and unpeated then, so it'd be nice to compare the two. Um, both delicate as far as that goes, not overly peated or anything like that, but it would be a nice big event. And I'm trying to do that in the summer when it's a little warmer out at three or two. And hopefully things open up and we can have more people there. Um. So yeah, so some good things coming down the road, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So thank you as always for listening. Uh, it's very, very much appreciated. I believe me. I do appreciate every, each and every one of you that takes the time to listen to me ramble on and talk about whiskey. Um, it's fun to do so. And I would really like it to be able to do this in person with some people at some point in time. So hopefully when things open up and we can start socializing again, uh, I'll have more guests and stuff on in person versus over, you know, the phone and whatnot, but not that that's not fun, but anyway, I digress. So thank you for listening. As always have a fantastic week. Have a great weekend. If you're out there enjoying whiskey, enjoy it one dram at a time.